So my hunch is that what we today call sound design or sonic branding will just be the norm because like people just can't afford not to have it. Hey, Franz, maybe we can uh, introduce yourself to the audience and yeah, tell a little bit about you and your background. Yes, absolutely. First, thanks for having me. So I'm Franz, Franz Blach. I'm a former partner at IDEO and now creative director at Pinterest. And I'm also a father of three and uh, a musician, basically a drummer. Some say it's not a musician, but I say like drummers are also musicians. So that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> do you already have a band or do you play music for yourself? Yeah. Before studying design, that was actually like my initial idea for my career. I want to become like a professional mu musician. I had bands. I toured. Uh, I'm kind of happy that I didn't do that because it's really hard to make a living with music. But now I also, again, I have a band. They're called Richter und Lippus. You can look them up on Spotify. Uh, but now it's more of a, you know, side project. It's not the kind of play a gig every week or something like that. But it, it's it's a passion of mine and I can integrate it a lot into my design work, yeah. which I guess we will talk about in a bit. Yeah, yeah. Great. So we, we have nearly the same the same background. Um, in difference to your career, I yeah, I build my, my business on the music topic, on the sound topic, and uh, have the other way around and try to figure out what is the, the perfect point of intersection of my passion with music and the passion for design and branding. And mm -hmm. so this uh, brings us to, to this topic of sound design for brands and UX. And one of my first questions to you would be, um, when you design a product or a user experience thing, when sound come into play or when or do you think there is no no differentiation when 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 we talk about design what what is your way of thinking mm -hmm. design when it comes to sound it is interesting and, and i think it's a, it's a great question because i think for most people it feels like it's an afterthought you know it's like oh we did everything and now let's think about sound for me as where i feel i still consider myself like more of a musician it's for me it is from the get-go i always tell people that there's so much i learned from making music for design that's like like that's the best thing i almost feel like you know for example i mean writing a gr great song that people want to sing to and dance to is mm -hmm. not at all different from building an amazing brand or an amazing product therefore right you know your audience you build something you think in a sequence so like time is always like of the essence in music. You think about suspense, you think about rhythm. All of those things are things that I, in my designs, are mm -hmm. core. Like if I build a logo, it needs to have a rhythm, right? Mm -hmm. If I build mm -hmm. typography, it needs to have a rhythm. If I build mm -hmm. a UI, it needs to have a flow. It needs to have a kind of climax and then kind of an, an outro, an intro. All of those things I learned from music. Mm -hmm. And one more thing is that I still think of music as the most radical but also most intimate form of collaboration like it's the only creative form that i experienced so far mm. where you need to be totally open to create with people synchronously because in most other collaborations it's a i build something i show it to you you react you build on it with music it's like three people coming together doing something and then the whole is more than the piece like the sum of the pieces and that's something i always loved and i feel that's why musical thinking is in every part 
mm-hmm. of the process. And then classic sound design for me is just like a very natural way of thinking about brands. Like it's like, you know, if I think about a personality of a brand, I think about what's the voice of the brand, what's the tone of the brand. And I was like, you know, how does it sound? I can't even like, I can't think about a brand without having some kind of soundscape in, in mind. But that's, yeah, how I think it works. But what's, what's coming up when we talk about this uh, world realities, uh, this augmented realities, this metaverse things, I think a sound is coming more and more important to navigate, to orientate, to, to uh, define identity where maybe uh, about the sounds, a kind of truth come into, into this world. And what do you think? Um, is sound, will sound design change in the next years uh, regarding three-dimensional sounds? What is your estimation um, in this topic? So my hunch is that what we today call sound design or sonic branding will just be the norm because like people just can't afford not to have it, right? And like think about the opening sound of Netflix, almost like the Pavlov dog, which starts like drool or like, it's like, oh, I have my Netflix moment. And I think that's something which I feel Will you just be as normal as like every brand, I guess, will define the color and fonts. Like it's just like it's very normal and it's a, such a missed opportunity. I think there's what you said, like I think it will become much more. You know, I mean, we have conversational interfaces are everywhere, you know, like the Alexas, the series, the whatever version you have of it. So that's an interesting one. You know, how how do brands speak and what's the kind of personification of that, the avatar of that? My hunch is that with the next version it will, as everything, become more decentralized and more democratized. So I think like there will be more, almost like permissionless sound design. Mm-hmm. Think of like what happened to music when we started sampling, you know, like the mm-hmm. thing of like, you might throw something out together with the tool so that there's a variety of mm-hmm. my version of Patagonia, my version of mm-hmm. Netflix, my version of whatever. So I think it will mm-hmm. become more toolified with certain mm-hmm. constraints. But I think that's something we're also seeing in visual brands, you know, that people just open a Figma file and people create 8,000 different logos with certain mm-hmm. constraints. And I think that's a really interesting one because you mentioned the identity building part of the metaverse, not to kind of have too many buzzwords, but you know, NFTs, things are like a feeling of belonging. And I think in a digital space, sound can create those circles of belonging. But I also feel we will have soon, or we already have partly technology and mechanics in place for attribution. For example, if you play in a loop, you share it, it gets really big, you might get attributed and at a certain point also get kind of reimbursed for it because mm-hmm. that's the whole thing where I feel like mm-hmm. the music rights system mm-hmm. will also change. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a great thing, right? Like that's the whole thing of similar to what NFTs and stuff like that. It's like, you know, you almost have a clear chain of like who contributes what. And I think I'm really excited what this can mean for also, I mean, for companies like SoundCloud, companies like, you know, I think there's a, a really big uh, potential there. Yeah. When I thought five five or six years uh, ago about the future of, of uh, generating sounds in uh, in products, uh, my, my idea was or question was that the sounds are not anymore any any MP3 files or WAV files which are played or FLAC files. No, they mm-hmm. are... Um, they are generated in real time about codes. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it's 
then then it, the adaptive sound design will will really uh, come into play and appear as a realistic uh, scenario. Um, do you have any experience in this field, adaptive adaptive design slash adaptive sound design? Yes, I mean I think more on. I think we once with with ID we did this just an exploration around uh, the topic of augmented intelligence. So this idea of like how can basically humans and algorithms or like technology work together. And I think, you know, we did it more on like generating brands in real time. You basically you define the essence of it, the structure, and then it can basically interpolate endless versions and, and you collaborate with that. I think it will be the same actually for sound, right? It, and if you go back almost to like one of the more archaic formats, like MIDI, you have the rhythm, you have the notes, and you almost similar to what HTML at its best did is like it separated the format from the kind of source file. And that's something I think will happen as well. You know, for example, you could say, we create a Netflix logo together. We know what's the structural element, which might be fixed, but the textural element might mm -hmm. either be up for grasps, like the community can contribute, mm -hmm. or it might be contextual, like on a Monday night, Netflix knows that it's mm -hmm. warm in Munich and that I'm, I don't know, I'm stressed, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it plays a soothing version mm -hmm. of it. It will be more adaptive. It will be, as you said, generated on the spot. I think this idea of closed formats mm -hmm. is going away in a decentralized world where like yeah. people want almost like supply chain transparency of a sound. It's like, what was this yeah. generated with? Who did it? How can we inter And then like sampling becomes also much more creative because currently you can basically cut something that has a certain beat and you can try to kind of stretch it, but it's like, you have all the ingredients, you have the recipe, and you have the audience, the restaurant, all kind of open and, and they can basically be interpolated, which is great. That's a, that's a cool the cool idea. So there's a, a kind of user-generated or mood-generated um, or, or user-preference-generated uh, version of a, of a Sonic logo. 100%. I mean, it requires a different way of thinking. You almost need to define what is the, the genome of the sound brand. Similar to, you, you know, if you think about atomic design and UX design, where it's like you, you define all the parts very rigorously, very systemic, very thought through, and then you can almost like allow a rule-based generation of that. Yeah. And, and that's kind of, I think that's really exciting. And I love that role of the designer. It's less about, hey, this one sound is cool, but it's like this system is cool, thought through, it can grow, it can expand, like brands do. And I think yeah. that's really exciting. Yeah. And that's also the, I think, the perfect uh, point of intersection when it comes from brand to, to the experience part, uh, which kind of personality the brands um, have to, to sonify. What do you think could be a, a scenario where sound is um, observated in a more, um, I think, a responsible um, per perspective in terms of nowadays, technically, we had a lot of noise. We had a lot of uh, machines and devices which uh, which mm -hmm. make sounds, and we have no chance to mute them in a human-friendly way. What do you think? Are there any chances that this will change the next decade? Uh, or do you think in mm -hmm. 2030, 2040, we have the same cacophonia in, for example, in the city, in the traffic, in the tra traffic situation or yeah. in the hospital? What do you think? Yeah. The thing, as you said, a lot of our cities and the soundscapes of our cities and the sound pollution that we have is built on 
the industrial era, right? It, it's like a lot of machines making very non-human, monotonous beeps and clicks and crutch, you know, all of that. And I think we're moving towards a digital, electric, whatever first mm -hmm. world, almost like an internet era world, where you by definition don't have sounds like, I mean, it's even a problem, right? If you have an electric car or an electric scooter, it's dangerous because people don't hear it anymore. And you get a different kind of like, it suddenly becomes a designable world. What currently everybody does is like, what, and what, by the way, brands are guilty of all the time. It's mm -hmm. like, everybody wants mm -hmm. to be the loudest mm -hmm. and be like, ah, it's like everybody just shouting their message, which leads to the same thing. It sounds, it's it sound pollution, I think it really gets on people's mental health. And I think, you know, but it could be the exact opposite. I still feel like sound, music are such amazing, almost mm -hmm. like digital therapeutics for mood. You know, like mm -hmm. we know when a city is buzzing and angry because it's hot, it's smog, it's loud. You could totally interfere and say like, you know what? Today, the sound limit is X. And we just like, we say like, let's cool Munich down for a second. So that is amazing. One thing that I would hope for is because I, I think there's much more personalization. You know, you have your headphones on, I have mine, I have my sound cancellation thing in the airport. So one thing that I feel we're, we might miss is this idea of like a collective reference. Because for example, if I go through New York and you go next to me, we experience a synchronous experience of, of New York. You know, a, a cab drives by, it honks, it's loud. We go by the construction site, so we have an, a shared memory. If we both wear sound cancellation headphones with our own soundscapes in there, we basically live in parallel worlds. And that's one of the mm. things that I feel we need to carefully design around. Because you, you also, we talked about conference calls, mm. like the video calls. It's like. We're in this bubble, right? And then we don't hear what the call is doing next to us, which mm -hmm. might be interesting because in a meeting room, you hear the kind of, what are people talking about? Like in the background at the... So all of those things, I think, need to be really thoughtfully and humanly designed. Mm -hmm. And I think there will be an aspect of regulation needed, you know, that people say, this is allowed, this is not allowed. And then just mm -hmm. people take the emotional well-being of people really seriously and they feel mm -hmm. sound and sound design is a great way to kind of interfere. It's a really, uh, I think, a healthy vision because it's it's all about all about our yeah. our health. So um, our mental health, our physical health. Yeah, yeah. I think it's really important that and, and every every designer, but also especially every sound designer has the responsibility to think about how many sounds and which sound they uh, bring into the world. And, and, uh, we, and, and We have one really uh, main principle of our work that uh, every sound have to have to have to convey some function, some information level. If they don't have any kind of purpose, they have to be avoided. Yeah, I agree with this. On a, you know, if it's really like functional sound design. On the other hand, I feel like there might be a whole opportunity for, as I said, like sometimes you know, an opening intro of like or whatever the Yahoo logo, the old one, which mm -hmm. was like. I mm -hmm. still love because it has this quirky Yahoo and you felt like, okay, this is mm -hmm. kind of daring and mm -hmm. it doesn't have a function first. I mean, you could say like it identifies, but I mean, that's the thing that I would love to mm -hmm. just figure out because, you know, the, you know, I've, I've done so many like different 
sound design projects, you know, ranging from, you mentioned the butler, you know, I remember we did a project for uh, Commonwealth Bank of Australia, where the de- it was about a device and it was called Albert, you know, and it had a clear, so like it needed to sound in a certain way. And honestly, I would have loved to almost dial it up more. It had things where it's, it was about like for people with, with mm-hmm. kind of limitations, you know, for blind people, stuff like that, you needed sound, so very functional. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, I mean, like, how does a butler sound? You know, what's the kind of the entry moment? What's the kind of I think that's interesting. And um, I feel especially with brands, you know, there's more and more brands that mm. have a very strong bond with music. You know, I mean, obviously, like, you know, whatever Yeezy uh, uh, beats by Dre. I mean, like there's just like some of them where it's the brand is mm-hmm. inevitable, mm-hmm. like connected to a certain music. Yeah. So I wanted to understand, like, how does that feel? You know, like, how does, do I open a Yeezy box in the future and it has some yeah. Kanye West flavored, I don't know, like sound to it. And that, that I think that's interesting. Yeah, that's cool. I have one last question. What What is a kind of uh, a dream would you would like to come true in, in terms of when you had the chance mm-hmm. to design some, some multi-model uh, thing? I mean, we worked, for example, together on a project, you know, for, for Uno Motors, which I think that would have like as a base have like so much things like you have we you know we redesigned the brand we redesigned the product and then we also redesigned the sound design and i think for now we kept it on a level which is really good but it's like it's very functional and we we talked about like i tried to push this idea of like having a developing a a connected bone resonant helmet for it because i'd love this idea of that you listen to the city differently through a Uno helmet, you know, that that stuff, that is really interesting if you feel like you have functional sounds, mm-hmm. you have a brand sound, mm-hmm. obviously the signature thing of like, how do I turn it on? How does it speak to me? What's the voice of the kind of navigation? How does Berlin sound through an Uno helmet? If we do kind of videos, what is the kind of sound world, instead of like getting a stock sound that goes like, you're like, you're like okay, we define the DNA, this is the Uno sound in music. That's the thing I, I'm getting excited about. So almost building up this multimedia brand that has a clear defined genome of what the brand is and then can be all of those different facets. That would be my dream project. And I mean, with, with Uno, I think like we, we did a layer of that, which is great. But I would love that people are also just more open and uh, yeah, to kind of explore further. That's an amazing idea. So they they have to to think about this really. Uh, yeah. Because you already alluded a little bit to like your process, how you work, but almost like I'm. What are the kind of what are the biggest pain points when you just like literally on a daily basis you say like it's sometimes very like hand wavy and it's like I want a thick and a blick and a dick. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. what would be your perfect client setup project? Let me throw that back to you. I really love projects where we have an impact on so on kind of society's perception of how important sound is and how sound can change some really important situations. Like when we think about the hospital, um, uh, for where, where, for example, in the incubator where newborns are and there are this um, 
these incubators which are really loud and this is an example i bring every time but it's sorry it's it's a it's really a, a passionate topic of me because i'm all the father of two and uh, i notice i notice from from so many situations that it's so important which which sounds appear in this really intimidate and sensitive moments and when i when i have a vision of changing something which is what has an impact on a really important impact on 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 society or on an on a important thing that it's to change these norms to change the the dean situation because now the manufacturer are forced to use all the sounds if it makes sense or not so and that is really hard because change of this norm is a really long-term issue and um yeah when when I started 15 years ago with this topic and and to start with the company, I had I had this dream and I had this vision and I'm I was really, when well, when we have the first the first uh, project in this uh, medtech uh, field, it was really hard because then I firstly I recognized how hard it is to to make little changes mm. when it comes to this um, to these norms. Yeah, you have to stay stay on this track <laughs> and sometimes it's not it's not realistic it's not a realistic one but you have to follow your thing and this is one this would be one personal vision of me another this more sci-fi vision is that i i'm a trekkie so and i love star trek and the whole sound design of star trek and i think this came from the day when there's a, a spaceship flying to any other planet, it would be cool when they uh, when they uh, use our UX sounds in, <laughs> on board. <laughs> yeah. That was would be cool, a cool thing. But it's yeah, it's not this one was which, which is really important in uh, in yeah. when I compare it to this uh, newborn incubator things. Um, but it was just a yeah fun fun vision. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, it makes it makes total sense. I'm like we before we talked first about you know emotional well-being and you know what what sounds can do honestly and i think it is really key as you said like newborns just like sound pollution 100 percent. i also think by the way it can shape behaviors we all know the you know super mario sound and it goes like bling, bling, and if you're like oh wow this is cool i want more of that mm -hmm. so i think you can shape positive behaviors but the second thing you said about one in your sound in sci-fi i actually think is exactly coming back to the topic we had before that we're we're so limited often in our work because people want what they know. You know, they want like, build me a car that sounds like an old car. Yeah. Build me a blah that sounds like, yeah. and sci-fi goes the other way around. Mm -hmm. It's like, it almost like it's a blank canvas. Mm -hmm. It's like, mm -hmm. how would it sound? Like, how should it sound? What would be the best sound for a vehicle? And I would love that more people are open to that to just like surprise me, yeah. scare me. Yeah. And then we do something different because that's the truth. I mean, most of the stuff is just like, utterly boring out there mm. because it's just like yeah whatever i mean yeah it's a beep or it's a it's a it's a digital reproduction of a combustion engine i mean like give me a break try harder automotive industry please try yeah. harder yeah yeah it's it's this, this learned learned thing people are not brave enough to change uh this learned perception and to are not yeah they they, they have fear of this par paradigm shift so that there's yeah. a, happen, a paradigm shift happened. So that oh no, every we we have to we have to sound the same the same way because yeah. the people are used to blah 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 blah. Um, so um, that's really true. Yeah. But how weird? I mean, like, I mean, then I mean that's a good ambition because in music, I mean, like you know, what would have well, the world been without 
the Beatles without, you know, I don't know, yeah. with like uh, kind of uh, the Ramones, the yeah. Pixies. You know, like, I mean, that's the thing, yeah. right? Of sound designers, yeah. it might be every yeah. now and then you need to yeah. be like, you know what? Mm-hmm. We break the rules. We break the conventions because otherwise we would still listen to the same music that our grandparents mm-hmm. listened to. And if we're not careful, mm-hmm. we will drive in the same cars sounding the same way if yeah. not somebody starts to be the punk rock of sound design and, and break something. So that's cool. Franz, it was it was really, really inspiring. I really appreciate Yeah, thank you. Same for me. Thanks for having me. It was really inspiring. I love talking about sound and music and it's really great always talking with you about it because like you also have the same passion. So yeah, let's let's make the world sound better and oh, yeah. kind of let's change the world <laughs> through sound. That's kind of that's that's a cool thing. Sounds good. Thank you again and have a great day and take care. Will do. Bye bye.